episode of the Retro Craptacular Podcast, where each month we continue our search for the best bad movies on the planet Earth. I am your host, Aaron, and I am joined on this beautiful October morning, it's November, by Matt. <laughs> good, <laughs> good morning, uh, and you know, good day to you, listener, whenever you choose to listen to this episode of the yes. Retro Craptacular. Uh, it wow, it was a very different intro. I, I got thrown. Me too. I was trying to do a bit of a morning show thing, and it... Did not work. So yeah, I think the term I is will stick to tanked. late night instead. Oh yes. Welcome, listener, to another sexy evening of shitty movies and <laughs> two dudes talking about them. Mm, good evening. Good evening, Aaron. Yes, I want to start off by congratulating our friends to the south um, on their new president and vice president and vice president. Yes, very Big good. Time. Yeah. Crazy. She, Did I... she set she set three firsts. Yeah. First it's... woman, first African American woman, first Asian woman. Yep. She's a triple threat. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, that is uh yeah. Hopefully a sign of progress that we do not see that country slide back on. It's important to remember the bad times in the good times. Mm. And I think, you know. I don't want to get all political on you, but this is like the end of Return of the Jedi right now, okay? Okay, yeah. Do not let the First Order rise. Right. Okay? Keep an eye out on the unknown regions. appropriate, yeah. Ah, I know, right? I'm talking about unknown regions. You got your Texas. You got your Florida. You got your uh, Idaho, probably. I'm not sure what's going on in the middle. There's whatever. Anyways, that's enough politics talk for today. But congratulations, America! Very happy for you. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm curious actually. Where, uh, where were you when you found out, and how did you find out? I'm curious. Um, that it was official. I mean, oh, it was very un, um, unmomentous for me. I was on my couch. I opened my phone. Decided to check the election stats again for the hundred and fiftieth time that day. Like a normal person, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I saw that he had, like, 290 or something like that, and I was like, oh, shit, that's great. Nice. I was a little bit bummed because I had been posting on my Facebook story a great uh, Bill Murray meme. There's a picture of him in Groundhog Day, and it said, well, it's election day again. (laughs) And I was like, that's funny. I'm going to post this every day until the president... Is officially announced, and then it was like th- I only got to do it like three times. Oh wow! And I was still, like, oh. still, still a good poll. It was. I immediately texted my dad. I said, "Happy birthday, Dad! Did you hear the good news?" And he hadn't. Oh, you got to break it to him. Nice. I got to break it to him. Yeah, they were. He was having a lazy, bre- you know, birthday breakfast in bed kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Having a good time. So yeah, no, it, it was, it was, it was a fun. You know, you get to get to. To treat him on his birthday to some good news, but lovely. Well, I am not a normal person, um, in that I was not checking the election stats at all. Um, I just have a thing about not wanting to, not I. I don't handle news well. I don't handle bad. I'm just gonna say that. I just so I just don't seek it out. Um, mm. and I would just like. I heard that it was election time, and it's like the pessimist in me is like, yeah, big deal. He shouldn't have been in before. He shouldn't be in now. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, but then uh, how I found out that it was official uh, was my wife, Mackenzie, 
um, messaged me an Instagram post uh, by John Mulaney. And it was a picture of a horse walking away. <laughs> from a hospital? Just walking away from, oh, okay. from, the, uh, from the point of view. Um, <laughs> and the caption was, and stay out. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at it for a second and was like, oh, I, oh, oh, wonderful. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it took me, took me a second, but. It was a great the, way to find out. <laughs> the sweetest, the sweetest like cream on top of this already amazing cheesecake of victory Ooh. was the photo of Trump holding his uh, concession press conference outside of like a back alley of a lawnscaping shop next to an adult bookstore. What? Do, look at it. I'll, I'm going to text it to you right now. Oh, okay. It is the happiest you will ever be is looking at this photo just there because like that's the only place he could do it or i don't know why honestly no or is it because or is it because he just never planned for it uh it was all like last minute or something yeah it could be that um like honestly i I, yeah i don't know (laughs) what the frick no one has wow. offered any explanation. Next to adult bookstore. Yeah. What a fucking headline, too, right? Can you imagine getting to write that headline as a journalist? Like, oh. that would make your life. Trump team holds news conference outside drab landscaping firm next to adult <laughs> bookstore. Thank you, writers at Slate. Oh, my God. That's phenomenal. My goodness. All right, now it's really enough politics talk. Let's talk about okay. shit that really matters. Media consumption. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what a what a 180. Uh, not, not non-news media consumption. What have you been watching? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, since we last cast our pod, um, season two of The Mandalorian has started airing. Ooh, yes, yes. Did you see so, both episodes? Absolutely, yeah. We're two episodes in now, and uh, I mean, yeah, Epis- I, st- I yeah. still love it. I, I'm loving it too. Episode one, amazing. Might be my favorite episode of the show so far. Yeah, it was great. It was really it, well done. It's it's tied with probably the finale of season one for me. Mm. It's it's really good. Wow. Uh, episode two, I wasn't as crazy about, but. Did you notice a fun cameo? By Dave Filoni? That's a fun cameo. He's ar- he already did that cameo in season one. I'm talking about a different cameo. Oh, was it the other X-Wing pilot? The other X-Wing pilot. Did you recognize him? Is that is that the dad from Kim's Convenience? It's Mr. Kim! Oh, I thought it was, but I wasn't sure, and then I forgot to look <clears throat> it up when the episode was over. I, I was looking at it, right? Because he, like... <laughs> I've only seen him in Kim's Convenience, so in mm-hmm. my mind, he has a thick Korean accent. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. <laughs> you know, and so I'm like, so he's talking with a completely flat American accent, and I'm like, okay, well, that's, maybe it's him. It looks like him. doesn't sound like him at all. So then I, like, looked it up while I'm watching it. This is, like, at midnight while I'm watching it, right? Of course. And I'm looking it up on IMDb. It's not on his IMDb. I'm like, okay, it's not him. It's just, mm. it's someone who looks at me. I'm like, it's probably someone that works at Lucasfilm or something like that. And 
it's another fun cameo. Because, you know, like Dave Filoni's in there. I'm like, so they probably went like into the office and got, you know, you know, someone from ILM to be like, hey, you know, Dave, come over here. Get in the... <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then uh, the actor that plays Jung on... Uh, Kim's uh, on Kim's Convenience tweeted a, a photo of him in the cockpit with the caption, sneak attack. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? And oh, then I man. went and checked IMDb and then it had been updated on IMDb and I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Oh man. Yeah, I I, think I thought as soon as I saw him, I was like, is that him? But then I heard his voice and I was like, no, no, it's probably not. <laughs> but oh, I love that it was. That's yeah. so fun. I'm like, dude, big ups to your agent for getting you that. Yeah, no kidding. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, no, I, really, I really like that episode just because it was so different. There was, like, more interaction about, like, what it actually means for the Republic to, like, be in charge. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And just kind of, like, you know, it was like it was like he was being pulled over by the cops. That's what it was, right? Oh, totally, yeah. And it was like, you know, it was that, it's that same situation of being, like, Oh, the cops uh, pulled us over. It's routine, but, you know, they don't know that I have, you know, I stole this car and I got, uh, you know, an illegal immigrant in the back and a bunch of drugs under the seat. And, like, yeah, it had that feeling. A scenario we can all relate to. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a Thursday for me. Um, and and then, of course, yeah. yeah. Look, the pandemic's been rough for jobs, all right? Some of us got to take all kinds of work. Yeah, we're just for, trying to get for you. It's running drugs and illegals. <laughs> yeah, which, but not like across a border, just kind of driving them around Toronto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a taxi yeah. service. It's an off the books taxi service. <laughs> yeah, but you you can't be documented if you're gonna ride in this, and you yeah. have to have drugs with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so, well, that's how I take my payment. That's why the drugs are in there. Oh, okay, cool, cool. I thought maybe yeah. it's just like an adrenaline thing for you, where it's like mm, driving around undocumented <laughs> people isn't enough of a thrill because. I'll just get a slap on the wrist. They'll get deported, but then you know, gotta get some some meth involved. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Driving around rush hour Toronto traffic <laughs> isn't stressful enough. <laughs> I need I need some blow. You need to add federal crimes to the <laughs> <laughs> to the list of. Oh yeah, it's yeah, not enough of a thrill. Oh gosh. So anyways, yeah, it, it was it was a pretty good episode. It was, um, it was skin crawly. It was apparently oh. those spiders things were like designed for the Empire Strikes Back. Oh really? Originally, yeah. Ralph McQuarrie just like drew them. Hmm. That's something I really like about the Mandalorian is they're just like taking leftover bits from all sorts of uh, all sorts of uh, aspects of the franchise and be like, what can we put in here? Well, for sure. I mean, like, since since the, I'm going to, you know, it, it, since Disney took over and then the people who've been making Star Wars now have been fans of Star Wars, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's they've recycled a lot of things. You know, like, I don't really, you know, it's not a secret that I kind of despise the rise of Skywalker, but I love that Poe's X-Wing paint scheme in that um, movie is a throwback to the original X-Wing painting that Ralph McQuarrie did for the original Star Wars, like the orange and white. Cool. I think that's really, really cool and a fun nod. And and they've done that 
a whole bunch through Rebels. Um, I think the Ghost was an original uh, concept for the Millennium Falcon and uh-huh. all kinds of fun stuff. Um, yeah, nifty tidbits. Yeah, well, and then you know the Mandalorian's weapon is the same weapon that Man uh, Boba Fett uses in the Christmas special, yeah, totally. the holiday special. Yeah. And uh, they've they've brought in some like Kenner toys that were just you know toys that were made up and were never <laughs> oh, actually yeah, in like the movies. Yeah, the, uh, the the trooper transport. Yeah, thing yeah. That was only ever yeah. a toy until yeah. until the Mandalorian brought it to life. Actually, I think they brought it out in Rebels first. Mm. I think it was in Rebels first. Oh, that's and then right. They, they jumped into. Yeah, there was an episode where they yeah. use it to like transport prisoners or something. I think. Yeah. Yeah. On the outside of the. Yeah, truck. it seems real dumb, but you know, <laughs> whatever they're making do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, I've been watching that. Um, I also watched a thing. Do you have Amazon Prime? Uh, no, no, we don't. Okay, uh, there is a fun uh show on there by Simon Pegg and Nick Frost called Truth Seekers, hmm. where um. Nick Frost. Nick Frost is actually the main character, and, that, and that's kind of a fun change. Um, Simon Pegg is kind of just like a cameo role, huh? Even though he gets second billing on the poster, but well, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it, and he plays a Nick Frost plays a uh, like a internet installation person who moonlights as a paranormal investigator on YouTube. Okay. And so he, you know, it starts with him going in to install some Wi-Fi in this old British lady's house. And then, um, you know, they hear some thumping upstairs. And so they go out and do a little investigation and find a secret room in her house that's haunted. And then it just kind of goes from there. And they're, like, going into all these different places and um, finding different different spirits and... and, and uh, and sort of like, you know, like cleansing, uh, you know, places of spirits and, and stuff like that. It's, it's like a fun, like kind of paranormal investigation show. And, um, there is, there is an overarching plot about a, a guy who's trying to take over everyone's mind okay. so that he can ascend to immortality and stuff. I don't know. It's that's pretty on, good. That's on my bucket list. Yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I don't know. It was it was good. It was good. We haven't seen anything from those guys in a while, so it was yeah. fun. It was fun to see that gang back together, and it's funny. Um, nice. Yeah, a little bit disappointing to yeah. You know, it wasn't uh, to to not have Simon Pegg and him back together. Like I feel like it would have been a lot funnier mm. to have those two guys back together. But no, it's good. I like it. Uh, definitely recommend checking it out. I watched the whole thing in a day. Oh, wow. Like, just on a Saturday. I started watching it, and I just went all the way through it. Oof. Yeah. The other thing that I've noticed has kind of been really awesome lately is the Warner Brothers YouTube channel. Okay. So, Warner they Brothers have been... YouTube channel. Yeah, for the last, like, couple months, they've just been uploading... Like feature length documentaries, uh, like behind the scenes on like all their movies. Like I think the first one I noticed was they uploaded one that was a a behind the scenes look at the Dark Knight trilogy. 
and then they've been uploading like filmmaker um, documentaries. Like there's one on Stanley Kubrick, and they've done ones on. Um, well, on Tuesday, cheekily enough, they dropped uh, a, a retrospective documentary on V for Vendetta. Oh, which I'm like, oh, you cheeky bastards! Sorry, we're gonna get political again for about ten seconds, but you know, <laughs> you're dropping a a documentary about uh, overthrowing a fascist regime on the day that America goes to the polls to overthrow a fascist regime. Mm-hmm. Very cheeky. I love it. But yeah, they're cheeky just Warner they're Bros. Uploading like hour, hour and a half long documentaries on like Mad Max, Fury Road, and like all kinds of um awesome content that i'm like wow you know what if physical media has to die god forbid it ever will but if it has to die this is the kind this is the level that everyone else needs to get on hmm like not like oh because like you know special features on blu-rays and stuff have been kind of they were like dropping off and dropping off and dropping off and now they're kind of coming back in a way because they're trying to give you any reason to buy it Right, but there was just yeah. not enough return on investment for them to spend the time to create that content to put on a thing that not very many people were going to buy. Right, so I'm I'm a huge fan of special features. It's one of the main reasons I still collect physical media. That and the fact that I don't want people deciding what I can and can't watch. <laughs> you know. Um, I recently bought the entire season or series of Community because we were talking about how Advanced right, Dungeons yeah. and Dragons is not available to watch anymore because Chang does blackface in it. Yep. And well, and it, it is a bit of a, a controversial topic because he's dressed as a dark elf. Yep. Or he's, drow. Or a drow. But. I mean, then you can kind of go into the history of the drow and how they were created as like a kind of a racist uh, depiction of African-Americans, especially African-American women. Um, yeah, yeah. Old old Dungeons and Dragons is a, is a scary place to delve sometimes. Yeah. It's... Well, I mean, that, that time is just <laughs> a scary place to delve, really. Oh, no, 100%. 100%. But... You know, so I, I, I understand both sides of the argument, mm-hmm. um, but at the same time, the overarching message in that um, in that episode about um, bullying and, and stuff like that is, I think, still really powerful. Yeah, it's one it's one of, if not my favorite episode of that show. Oh, 100 percent. It goes top three easily, easily. Yeah. Um. So I'm like, well, you know what? I don't want... It wasn't like the studio decided to pull it or the creators decided to pull it. Netflix and Hulu decided to pull it as an attempt to... As like an empty gesture to try and save face a little bit, right? Like... That's, that's the impression I got. Yeah, I didn't look yeah. into it too too much, but that's, that's what it felt like to me, someone who um, is not affected by um, that depiction, so... Yeah, well, and I think they did it kind of right as the Black Lives Matter movement was heating up again. Oh, absolutely, they, yeah. They did it as a way to sort of be like, oh, yeah, we stand with you and support you. We're not going to give you any money or do anything in any way to help you. But look at what we did. We took down an Asian man in blackface. 
And I think 30 Rock, um, also, there was an episode where someone wore blackface and they hmm. they took that episode down too on Netflix and Hulu. But anyways, Warner Brothers YouTube channel. Check it out. Really good stuff. Cool. Um, the other thing, I got a couple of podcasts that I've been listening to. Have you, well, first, maybe I'll throw it back to you. Have you been watching anything else? Anything you want to recommend? Uh, that I want to recommend, um, what have I been wondering? Oh, actually, interesting. I mean, this has come up several times on the show because we've actually done a movie in this franchise, um, but mm-hmm. I started watching Doctor Who again. Um, Ooh. It had been a really long time. Um, I, I stopped watching just a few episodes after Peter Capaldi, uh, became the Doctor. Is he the Scottish one? He's the Scottish one. Okay. Um, and so... I um, started watching with his first episode and couldn't finish it because it was so shitty. <laughs> just horrible, horrible writing. To- totally just empty plot. Um, none of the dialogue had any heart. It was all just cliches and devices. And I was like, wow, this is utter garbage. Mm. Um, and so instead of giving up entirely, I just skipped Peter Capaldi. Oh, nice. Um, cause Mackenzie actually, um, my wife again, I was watching with her. Uh, she, while we were watching was looking it up and being like, oh yeah, the showrunner changed. Um, and apparently they suck. Uh, she's like, I'm going to look and see if they're still on there. No, they're not. When did they stop? Oh, with the new doctor. Uh, new, and, okay. and the newest doctor is Jodie Whittaker. She's still Jody the doctor. Jodie Whittaker. Yep. Okay. Nice. Um, or at least there, there are two seasons of her on, on Crave where we were watching. Oh, sweet. Um, and so we started with that and instantly so much better. (laughs) Nice. Just interesting characters, meaningful conversations. Um, every episode is, you know, wild and fantastical with the stuff they do, but grounded in reality. And then some of it is just reality. They go meet Rosa Parks in one of the episodes. There's... It's a relevant um, topic to discuss. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, there's just um, a lot of a lot of important things that are being said in that series, and uh, I was like, "Wow, this is this is good. I'm on board." That's good. And uh, yeah, yeah, so I uh, finished a season of Doctor Who, and so I would say, you know, if you if you're daunted by the sheer amount of Doctor Who that there is. Fuck it, just start with season eleven of the reboot and enjoy yourself because it's it's still good. <laughs> Sweet, yeah, man. I I'm not a Doctor Who fan, but I'm I'm so fascinated by the history of Doctor Who. Fair, and how they keep finding episodes that like the BBC had like taped over <laughs> in the you know in the '60s or the '70s. They find these like master tapes in like an old TV relay station in Nigeria. They find a black and white film what? print of one. Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, man, that's wild. Yeah, there's, like, people that have, like, dedicated their lives to tracking down. I think there's, like, a hundred missing episodes or something like that, and they're, like, slowly whittling hmm. it down. I think they've found, like, eight or nine episodes now. Wow. Something like that, yeah. So <laughs> that, that kind of stuff fascinates me, where I'm like, wow, like a pop culture archaeologist. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty interesting. I doubt you get to fight any Nazis when you're out looking for. I would hope not. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> but, you know, 
Still cool. You're you're just, you're kind of Indiana Jones still in a way. Yeah, I Not mean, really. like, you should still get a whip. You should still get a whip and a hat. Don't yeah. don't use it. They're dangerous. No, just, just have it. Yeah, you're more likely to hurt yourself probably than. Yeah. If balloon shop has taught us anything. <laughs> yeah. Quit Boys that better whipping. quit that whipping. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but still, still get one. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. Just as an accessory, you know. For sure. Yeah. If Johnny Depp can wear a thousand scarves, you can have one whip as an accessory. Uh, yes. Um, well, I've been listening to a couple podcasts that I wanted to recommend. The first one, I, I think I've talked about it on this show before. It's called Finding Drago. Um, it's a it's a investigative journalism podcast from Australia, where these two comedians turn investigative journalists try to track down a mystery author who wrote a piece of Rocky Four fan fiction um, back in the day, and um. They, you know, they kind of suspect that he might be a, a hoax author, and so it's seven episodes long. There, each each episode is about thirty to forty minutes. You can get through it in an evening if you really set your mind to it. I think I listened to most of it when I just went on a walk around the lake by my house. Oh, I just nice. did like I went out to do a lap, and I was just I'm like, I'll throw this on and listen to it, and I was like so. Um just caught up in what was going on. I think I walked around the lake like three times. Nice. Because I was like, I just want to keep listening. I just want to keep listening. Um, anyway, so season two came out. Listen, listen to the first season, Finding Drago. Uh, you probably have to search Finding Desperado right now because they're into season two and they're trying to track down a potentially fake uh, Guinness World Record holder for the youngest professional feature film director. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a Guinness World Record that uh, claims that the youngest film director was a guy named Sidney Ling who directed a movie called Lex the Wonder Dog when he was 13. 13? In, in, the, in the 70s. What? Yeah. So anyways, they've done uh, the two episodes and they're coming out every Thursday. Hmm. Um, and it is killing me because... I listened to the first season. It, the whole thing was already out. Yeah. <laughs> and I just went from episode to episode. I'm like, oh, my God, what happens next? New episode. Yep. And finally, you know, was able to finish the whole thing and didn't have to wait. And now I'm like, oh, my God, seriously? You're going to make me wait a week on yeah. that note? We're so impatient for, <laughs> for our media content these days. Hey? I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. In a way. In a way, we are. Um, mm -hmm. and the other, uh, podcast is another Australian podcast. It's called the ladies guide to dude cinema. And it's okay. these two, uh, female comedians who are basically watching all the movies that dudes have told them they have to see. Oh boy. Um, and is it is roadhouse. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think they've done. Oh, at least I haven't gotten to roadhouse yet. If okay. it is on there. They've got about 90 episodes out. Wow. I think I've listened to about 15 so far. They're also kind of short. They're about... they're Well, they start out short. They kind of get longer as they go. They're about an hour, maybe. Um, 
But yeah, it is both hilarious and painful at times hmm. to listen to them talk about how they hated Raiders of the Lost Ark. Hmm. Um, but then they like, like they hated the first Blade Runner, but they liked the second Blade Runner. Interesting. And, thing, and things like that. And and I just have to keep reminding myself, like, okay, they're not, they're not like film experts. They're not. They're not fans of these kind of movies. They're watching them, A, as a joke, and and B, to kind of, you know, be like, hey, dudes, don't get all indignant when ladies, you know, haven't seen Heat, because there's nothing in Heat for a woman to enjoy. It's just a bunch of dudes being dudes. <laughs> Right, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I yeah. haven't seen Heat per se, but I uh it I is get a, it. It is a I really enjoy the movie. I Michael Mann sucks at writing for women, so I understand why they would not enjoy it. But then also they said that it was a hideously filmed movie and I'm like, that's just <laughs> not mm, it's not mm, nope. <laughs> <laughs> They get your panties in a bunch. So there are, yes, there are uh, some, you know, there are some moments where I just have to bite my tongue and and kind of go, eh, okay, no, I'm not going to get indignant because that's what you want. <laughs> but uh, I do not agree with your views on this. Doing your best not to prove their point? Yes. <laughs> trying not to like mansplain at them in my head well good for you for trying not to do that but then i'm also there's times where i'm like look there's more to blade runner 2049 than the fact that you find ryan gosling hot <laughs> and i don't it care is, how horny this movie pretty, made you dang attractive though like <laughs> let's be real he's, he's a hot yeah. man he's, he's a hot he, man he is yes yes um but Anyways, overall, it is quite funny, and um, the guy that produces it is one of the hosts and producers of Finding Drago, and they also have another podcast called Total Reboot, where they look at reboots, remakes, and ripoffs, mm. um, and that is also hilarious, and so anyway, he produces that podcast, and he's he jumps in on like the first 10 episodes every now and then, where they're... Yeah. Where they're confused about the naming conventions of... The Fast and the Furious movies, which, fair, they make no <laughs> sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that tracks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because the first one's called The Fast and The Furious, and the fourth one's called Fast and Furious, and it's, you know, it, understandable that you would maybe get those confused if you were just going through Netflix. Yeah, I would. Yeah, Absolutely. Anyways, let us continue our cinematic journey back in time. Yeah, speaking year. of long-running franchises. <laughs> yes, this is, fun fact, I didn't even know this, but this month is actually the 66th, 66th anniversary of Godzilla. Whoa! I didn't even plan this. 66th anniversary? It just... Yeah. Happy birthday, Godzilla. Happy birthday, Godzilla. Oh, my gosh. We watched, we're doing a deep dive back to the year 2000, 
So, of course, we had to watch Godzilla 2000. And I'm assuming this is where you're going to play the trailer? No, I'm going to play it now. Oh, shit. His power is unequaled. His battles are legendary. His return is near. This could be the end of civilization. Get ready. I've spotted him. For the 23rd big screen appearance of the world's biggest star. Godzilla! From TriStar Pictures and Toho Company Limited, catch the ultimate showdown. It's an alien! Where winner takes all. Godzilla 2000. If you can't take the heat, run. Now it's played. Now it's played. <laughs> it, it is played now, yes. Okay, I do have to pee. Is it okay if we take a quick break? Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. I'll be right back. Okay. That's cute. Ah, yeah, it's just a little bit of hold music, you know. Love it. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, we watched Godzilla 2000. Yeah. Yeah. Now, before you um actually me, I am aware that this movie technically came out in 1999. However, it has 2000 in the name, and it came out in like December 14th something. 1999 i don't you know but it didn't come out in the actual year 2000 it had look it had about two weeks of run in uh in japan in oh yeah december 11th and actually it did come out in the united states in uh in august of 2000 so most most of it's um Oh, and apparently Greece didn't get it until 2014 on the internet. Oh, shucks. That's interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So the version that we watched came out in the year 2000. Uh, Yeah, yeah. The American dubbed version, yeah. Um, But even the the Japanese version. The dubbed version. (laughs) Yeah. Even the Japanese version only played for about two weeks in, in Japan in 1999 before the turn of the millennium. So... Whatever. I'm counting it. <laughs> it's my podcast. I can do what I want with it. I mean, yeah, kind of. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's fair. The only, the only person that can have anything to say about it is you. And the only thing that I can do is just not record my half. <laughs> yeah. You can still talk about it all you want. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's true. Now, that being said, I don't have a whole lot to say about this movie. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, uh... As far as, like, uh, recalling the plot goes, not going to take much time. So I was thinking it might be more interesting to actually talk about all the different characters that we get to experience in this Godzilla movie. There were characters in this movie? 
Yeah, did you miss them? <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Um, yeah, no, the plot is, like, I'll do a real quick rundown here. There's a, a guy and his daughter that run a business called, like, the Godzilla Prediction Agency or something like that. Unit. Yeah, they predict, the, yeah, the Godzilla Prediction Unit. They basically use seismic meters to kind of measure when there's more seismic activity, when Godzilla might show up again. Uh, and... He shows up, and then there's also a rock at the bottom of the ocean that's an alien spaceship that uh, gets its energy from light, and it tries to, what, steal the internet from humans in order to turn into a giant crab monster and assimilate Godzilla so that it becomes more adapted to our atmosphere? Yes. <laughs> okay cool well it's like yeah it's like big rock at the bottom of the ocean turns into giant crab monster fights godzilla godzilla wins yeah it's essentially uh it's an alien takeover yeah it's every godzilla movie and i think that's why i'm like you know what? maybe we shouldn't do godzilla movies anymore on this podcast because they're all the same they're all the same this was like Ugh. the 23rd japanese made godzilla movie that's so many yeah and all so the many, and it's uh, um, it's the second reboot of the franchise since uh, after 1985's The Return of Godzilla, mm. and it ignores all the previous continuity except for the original film. Cool. So the Jap- the Japanese were doing these retroactive reboot kind of things way before the Americans got on board. Clearly, um, you don't need to know that to watch the movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> Of course not. No. Like, as far as you know, Godzilla's been fighting Mothra and Rodan and Mechagodzilla every week <laughs> since the 1950s. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and this was a fun fact. This was the final practical Godzilla, I believe. Oh, this is the um, last one? Yeah. Oh, so sad. I love seeing the dude in a rubber suit. Me too, and I gotta give it to them. The rubber suit looks really good in this one. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Especially especially at night. Yes, especially when you can't see it as well. Yeah. And when you're well, not looking I mean, at its face. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, that's, you know, that's what lighting does. You know? Ooh, it, speaking of the face, though, um, the, first, the first glimpse that we get of Godzilla in this movie is pretty phenomenal, in my opinion. Uh, it's a dude in a lighthouse talking to someone on the radio, being like, oh, we can't get a hold of this boat. Don't know why. And then, you know, he's like looking out over the water. The water's being gently lit up by the lighthouse. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, it like goes dark and the light comes back around and it's just, you see the ship like floating up in front of the lighthouse and it is this really slow pan over the ship. Uh, and then you get to the little snoot of uh, Godzilla because the boat is in his mouth. <laughs> and then it pans up to his <laughs> his big, full teddy bear eyes. <laughs> yeah. And then it's a freeze frame, a fake gleam of light reflecting in the eyes. And then the title card comes out of that gleam in his eyes. Godzilla 2000. It was fantastic. So I funny. actually, I actually really liked the opening sequence. Yeah, 
uh, yeah, I mean, you know, cheesy dubbing aside, uh, you know, it's like uh, this guy and his daughter, they're in a van, she's setting up like a radio relay tower kind of thing, and they're using like a 90s computer in the back of the van, and they're like, the photography lady's there, she's like, what are you doing? She's like, we're using seismic, uh, you know, sensors to predict when, you know, Godzilla might come, and so if you see any shifts in, in you know, whatever, then, you know, you know that this is, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool, okay, so they've got, like, you know, and she's a reporter, she's there to take some pictures of Godzilla so that she can get on the breaking news beat, I guess, right? Yep. Um, And then, yeah, and then Godzilla kind of shows up, and they gotta run away, and it's dark, and, you know, they end up coming face to face with, face with Godzilla, and she snaps a picture, and the, the uh, flash, like, freaks him out, so he roars really loud and breaks all their windows yep and i was like oh this is kind of cool this is like a cool sequence you know it, it it's uh it's reminiscent of the the old godzilla in the suit kind of stuff but you know they're using a bit more modern technology and their green screen comping doesn't look great oh it looks horrible <laughs> yeah there's there's some some shots that work better than others but for sure and and that's another reason why I think the the nighttime scenes look a lot better because you can't see the like horrible, comping outlines of yes Godzilla yeah absolutely but yeah no it definitely it, it the the setup is intelligent uh, it has the dated charm to it that I would expect from any Godzilla movie I'm watching yeah especially um, the Japanese ones right like you kind of yeah, want yeah. that cheesy you know guy in a rubber suit. Yeah, like you got it's the movie's winking at you, and you got to just go with it, right? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, um, yeah, the (laughs) some of the dubbing is ooh, didn't try very hard. Um, but the worst of it is right at the beginning of the movie. Um, Yes, either I got used to it really quickly, or it does just get better as the movie goes on. But I uh, I think it's kind of like Shakespeare; your ear just kind of tunes into it as. Mm. as the longer you watch you know yeah that's fair your brain your brain adjusts for you mm-hmm. yeah i mean it would yeah it makes sense but yeah i mean uh i, I thought it was i honestly like there the the characters were simple um yes. and um there was only one well, I guess like two that I would consider dynamic in any way, but like while we didn't get a ton of them because you know the plot is Godzilla fighting a monster, there was other stuff going on, and I I did find myself starting to actually give a shit about some of the characters, which I thought was really interesting, because we've got yeah um, our main character is uh, the dude I don't remember any of their names by the way, I think the woman's name is Yuki. Okay, cool. Sounds about right. You gonna look it up now? <laughs> no, no. Okay, cool. I mean, do you want me to? Would it make it easier? No, I no, I don't care. Um, okay. So we we've got our our main our main characters are what you've mentioned. We've got the the single dad um, with mm-hmm. his very young daughter who is um, like taking she, care. She of runs the technical the, shit. Yeah, she runs the business end of their company. <laughs> yeah, for real. It's. <laughs> It's impressive and endearing, and I love it. Yeah. Um. Like, there's even one point where, um, you know, like there's a breakthrough, and the dad calls her and is like, "I need you to bring over this, um, you know, this piece of data, this data disk stat." And she's like, "I have a lot of 
summer homework to do. Are you going to help me with it later? And he's like, yes, <laughs> I promise I will. And it's like, okay, fine. And then, you know, does what he asks. But, um, yeah, that's, um, I thought that was a fun, interesting dynamic. It is alluded to because, um, well, we've, we've got, um, some other main characters. I'll, I'll get to those first. Uh, we've got the reporter lady who mm-hmm. is kind of a shit. Um, and it's just, you know, has, is like tagging along with this unit, um, with the, the father, son or father, daughter duo, sorry. Um, just to, you know, get, get the picture, get the scoop and further her own career and doesn't really care, um, about other people that much, it seems. Um, but her character does evolve a bit through the story, um, and through her exposure to this, uh, father, daughter duo. Which I thought was nice. Yeah. Uh, other main characters are, um, who is essentially the villain because it's not Godzilla. Um, no. And and like his essentially right hand man. Um, and so like this villain, the right hand man, and the father were all uh, university students. They graduated together. Uh, were scientists together. Um. And then an aspect of their work became unethical to the dad, and the dad left. Yeah. Uh, Fun fact, the dad's name is Yuji, and the woman's name is Yuki. Oh. And uh, his daughter's name is Mayu. Mayu. So anyways, I thought that was... Yuki. Yuji and Yuki. Huh. Cute. Um... (laughs) So there yeah there is this um like history between these three characters the 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 villain the right-hand man scientist and and the and the father and the villain is like in charge of a unit that's meant to essentially protect Japan and by doing so um they want to kill Godzilla yeah um, where the dad's like, we have so much we can learn from Godzilla. You know, it's a living thing. Like, obviously, he needs to be contained. I understand that. But just killing him outright is a huge waste yeah. uh, and, and unethical. And the villain dude, who just has huge eyes the whole time, he's just bugging out. I'm pretty sure he was on crack uh, just the whole Probably. movie. It was the yeah. 90s. Everyone was on a little bit of crack. Yes. I know I was. Eight-year-old me. <laughs> Just woof. Uh, it was a dark, so yeah, he, dark time in your life. Yes, yeah, we're not to get into it. It's fine. Yeah, no. Just, I'm, I'm better now. I'm better. Yeah, now. yeah. Now you just drive around with it. <laughs> in your car. <laughs> yeah, I don't do it. I just. Yeah. I just like the thrill. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so weird. Anyway, Bug Eyes just wants to kill him, and then uh, the right hand scientist dude. Um, you know, actually starts to show confliction. Um, it's a word. Look uh, throughout the movie where he's like starting to realize that what they're doing is unethical, and the dad uh, Yuji is starting to kind of like get through to him, and eventually he like tells the villain dude that they need to stop. Like this is too far, and the villain dude obviously ignores him and tries to blow shit up. Um, but there is like that dynamic shift where like this one person changes his point of view to align with our main character mm-hmm. and like, uh, uh, you know, regrets his involvement in unethical work. Um, and the, uh, 
in the in the very end, you know, the the villain character I feel like also has a bit of that realization where Godzilla is stomping over towards them when all is said and done and he just stands his ground and is like, "No, fuck it." Like Godzilla like, I've never, I've never seen Godzilla this me. close before. Yeah, Godzilla comes out, everyone starts like fleeing, they're on like a big balcony really high up, so Godzilla's face is like right there and he just gets out a gets out a cigarette, lights it up. Yeah. And yeah, Super delivers cool. that line. Um, and then the main character is like, obviously goes and like grabs him and tries to like pull him away as Godzilla is sinking his claws into the balcony and it's starting to collapse. And yeah. the villain just punches Yuji in the face. Yeah. Um, to get him away is why he does it. Um, it yeah. And he just allows like... himself to be taken by Godzilla because I think that's, he realizes that that's what he deserves. It's really funny. <laughs> Cause like he like yeah, he gets like crushed, taken, falls off the building by Godzilla, and there's like an awkwardly long beat, and then the dude like the Yuji like jumps towards the edge and like holds his hand out to try and like catch it. The dude's gone. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's gone and he's like, Oh uh, what's his what's the character's name? I have the list up here. Uh uh Katagiri. <laughs> he's like, oh, Katagiri. And then it's like, dude, he's so gone. Like, oh, yeah. There's nothing you can do. But then uh, my favorite line, the ending line oh, baby. of dialogue in the movie, this is my favorite thing that's ever been said by anyone on screen. Me too. Um, Godzilla's walking away, and uh, Yuki goes, why does Godzilla keep protecting us? And... Uh, Yuri, Yuji, 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 uh, is like, well, I guess it's because Godzilla is inside each one of us. <laughs> bravo, bravo! And then right after he says that, Godzilla just unleashes atomic breath and just starts torching the city. <laughs> Credits. <laughs> it's incredible. It there's such a drastic tone <laughs> shift. It oh. can't imagine the yes. actors are on set being like, really, I have to say this, yes. really, it's and then so and then good. The American cast in the dubbing booth is like, really, I have to say this. <laughs> Honestly, that was my favorite part of the movie. It ended on the highest note for me. It was yeah. It was that and the dude uh, driving his scooter on the beach were the two funniest things in the movie for me. Because it on looked. The beach? I don't remember that. Yeah, when the when the army is like trying to like blow up Godzilla with like shooting just rockets at him, he goes to collect samples of Godzilla's flesh that have been blown off by the missiles. Oh yeah, and he's like on a moped on the beach. In this like really soft sand, not making any progress. It is so funny to watch. I was in stitches watching oh, this because it's like shots of Godzilla walking, you know, in the bay, and like there's jet fighters coming, they're shooting missiles at him, and he's like blowing up and blow, and you know, it's like huge sparks and flames flying off him, and then it just cuts back to like this dude just like struggling so hard to get his like scooter through the sand and it's like dude just get off and walk like (laughs) it would be so much more effective for you to just not do what you're doing right now so Uh, funny 
And then, it, and then of course, it cuts back to, you know, the general be like, fire! They're, like, firing the tanks at him, and he's blowing up, and... And then, like, he's dragging really that good scooter. Godzilla, by the way. That Thank you. Really <laughs> he's, like, dragging that scooter through the sand. And just, like, Oh, man. Uh, oh, but golden moments like that, man. Yeah, yeah. But, like, that scene in particular, this is why I think it looks better at night. Um, they've got these shots of helicopters that are clearly comped into... It's like a stationary element that they shot against a green screen, and then they used an actual like helicopter footage as like the background plate. So the background's moving up and down, and the helicopter's just staying right where it is. And then yep. same with Godzilla, like he's in the water, and the helicopter like you know is like flying around him, but he's staying in one place. Yep. Um, and even there's one where there's like a backwards tracking shot of like the helicopter flying away, and Godzilla's sort of like walking forward, like onto the land. And yeah. yeah, he's just kind of moving oh. up and down. <laughs> oh, it's so it's bad. rough. Yeah, they should have just used miniatures. Um, yeah, <laughs> or or learned how to green screen better. One or the other. One of the two. But you know, it's it's the it was the late '90s. The only people that were really doing that kind of stuff were, I guess, ILM and maybe, I guess, the people at Weta Digital were starting to do that for Lord of the Rings, but. Hmm. Yeah. But, yep, not not for this movie. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, but so I, like did like, first... I did like oh, the sorry, look at the suit, though. Oh, overall. yeah. That uh, was a pretty cool-looking suit. I mean, again, the eyes were terrible <laughs> to me. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, the suit, the spines, mm-hmm. I thought... Uh, is that what they're called? Spines? Sure. Scales? I feel like, like there's on a word. Spines? I would call them, like, yeah. The uh... dorsal spines? Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Sure. Uh, no, it looked pretty cool. It was pretty great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like the first, the first part of the movie is you know Godzilla's there and they're trying to fight Godzilla because Godzilla wrecks shit, which is legit. Um, but then like you mentioned, there's the meteor that fell into the ocean that they go to take, and then it like floats on its own and it's doing weird shit, and it turns out that there's just a spaceship inside there. Yeah. And um. You know, the spaceship really reminded me of something. There is a video game for the Nintendo Wii called oh. WarioWare. Yes, I'm mildly familiar. It's kind of like Mario Party. Uh, sort of, but not really. It's just kind of like if Mario Party was on LSD. It's really yeah. insane. It's but, but it's like nonsense. a bunch of mini games, right? Essentially. Uh, ki- yeah, kind of. Kind okay. of. You don't really you don't move around a board um like you do in uh Mario Party. But yeah, but lots of crazy mini games. Uh is there a plot? That's a good question. I think no. Okay, um, not important, whatever. <laughs> but there there's one particular game that you can play, a multiplayer game, where uh one of you's holding the Wii controller and one of you's holding the nunchuck plugged in, and you're both using those to like you're holding it like a paper airplane and you're flying a ship and you have to like try not to crash into each other and try to not crash into obstacles that you're like flying through. Ah, uh, yes. Um, except the the spaceships that you're flying are just noses. And that is exactly what this spaceship made me think of. They're just noses. They're noses. Like if you removed the nose from the front of your face, and then, like, the top part is the, the the front of the ship. 
and the nostrils are facing and those are the exhaust ports yeah oh wow and i saw this spaceship and i was like oh that's a nose uh i think Miyamoto does a lot of drugs uh probably yeah yeah seems like the kind of guy that would just like trip out on lsd and be like i've got it i mean it would certainly explain a lot yeah (laughs) but yeah the the spaceship's a nose yeah, okay. uh, it, it even does specifically have a nostril uh, that it blasts energy out of. It flies It flies up uh, to Godzilla, nostril first, yeah, and, yeah. and just sprays him with snot. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Godzilla's in about three scenes in this movie. <laughs> the Which last one weird. lasts a long time, at least. It's tr- it's true, uh, and and this is kind of like every Godzilla movie. Godzilla shows up a little bit at the beginning. He's nowhere to be seen for the rest of the movie, and then at the very end, for like the last thirty minutes, it's no dialogue, all Godzilla just fighting. Mm-hmm. And every Godzilla movie takes this, um, takes this path. Um, and so I thought it was really funny that when the Godzilla movie came out in 2014, people were complaining, like, there's not enough Godzilla in it. He only shows up once at the end. And I'm like, have you seen a Godzilla movie? Clearly other than, not. Other than the, the 98 Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie, which, to its credit, has a shit ton of Godzilla in it. It's true. There's a lot of Godzilla in that movie. So, if you want to see a fuck ton of Godzilla, go watch that one. But, mm-hmm. uh... But a classic yeah, it, Godzilla? No. No, 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 no. It's all... He shows up a little bit at the beginning, so you're like, oh, right, it's a Godzilla movie. And then there's like an hour and a half of scientists talking about how to kill Godzilla or whatever monster is attacking Tokyo that week. And at the end, Godzilla just shows up and does it for them. Yeah. Like in this one, like, it was them trying to figure out what to do about this alien spaceship. Yeah. Yeah. Which was trying to again absorb their power and also maybe the internet yeah it was it was absorbing all their information it wasn't it wasn't like copying their information it was stealing it yeah like it was draining the information so that there was no no, nothing there anymore yeah which is like actually kind of scary yeah and then it tried to copy godzilla too at one point because it wanted to become acclimated to the atmosphere of earth Mm -hmm. Because I guess I guess there was a being inside the ship, and it wanted to. I think you know. I think it just it had Godzilla envy. It saw, a it saw Godzilla stomping around, strutting his stuff, swinging his tail. Yeah, it saw that it big like, Godzilla it, I energy. I want that for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, so they like try and blow up the space. Like the spaceship kind of attaches itself to this building in Tokyo, and it's like stealing information. So they like put a bomb in the building or something. Several bombs. Several bombs. Yep. And, and Yuji was still spaceship. in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yuji was still in there, and uh, and the villain, the villain guy. That oh yeah, that that's the moment where um, like the right hand scientist is like, no, we have to stop. This is too far. Yuji's still in the building, and the villain's like give the command or whatever, you know, yeah, yeah. and then he blows it up. And then of course doesn't really affect the ship at all. And also no. Yuji barely makes it out, which actually <laughs> this is another moment that I really love. Yuji barely makes it out. Um, Yuki and uh, y- Yuki was with his daughter. Yeah. Um, 
you know, another quick side note, another aspect that I really enjoyed about this movie, we've got a single dad and yeah. thrust into his life is this um um uh young successful, well, sort of successful um woman and yeah. she's on the she's on the grind. She's she'll she'll make it one day, but you know, she's she's hustling right now. Yeah, to, yeah. She's working hard. She's the, hard work. Get on the news beat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's got a daughter and they go through some serious shit together. Uh, and it would have been very easy to just slap a contrived romance on top of that. Oh, if this was an American movie, that was a hundred percent. They would kiss at the end. Yeah. Easily. But yeah. no, they just like, they survive this together. There's like one scene where he's hugging his daughter and Yuji and Yuki just share a genuine smile. That's the extent. Yeah. Because, like, that would have been totally forced, and they don't do it. And I really appreciated that. Maybe they're just friends, because they can be. Yeah, um, they went through some stressful shit together, you know? They, yeah. In in a way, they're the only person in the world that can understand what the other person has been through. Yeah, and that's special. But that doesn't mean you got a bone. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, that was nice. But, um... That was nice, I, yeah. I, I was tangenting off of, uh... Um, you know, he survives, makes it out of the building, and then he goes to the balcony where oh, yeah, I know where the villain is. <laughs> I love this. And too. he yeah, he opens up the door just like dirty and messy. The spaceship's still standing, the villain is there, and he just like busts in, he's like, Nice try, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking loved it. It was so oh, good. Oh, it was so funny. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> yeah um i think yeah. my well and yeah and so then after the explosion happens then the the spaceship turns into the giant crab monster or like the the like the monster like maybe it didn't have a material form or something some weird light shit comes out of it and it starts scanning godzilla after bringing a building down on it so it's like currently dormant yeah. And then turns into a weird bubble thing and some weird kind of legs come out of the bubble thing. It takes a little while for it to actually I think I missed most of that. I looked down to like write a note probably, and then I looked up and there was like a big crab monster there. I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there is a bit of a sequence of it turning into its its crab monster form. But yeah, then there's a giant alien uh Godzilla wannabe. Yeah. I love the way Godzilla decides to kill it though. Oh my so god. So it like opens up its mouth into like this huge fleshy what do you even call it? I, got, I like, don't know what you like would call mandibles. it. Mandibles. Sort of, yeah. Like op- it like unhinges its jaw super wide. But then yeah. it's almost like I mean it's it like looks a like Venus an anus. flytrap. Yes, it does turn it it does look like a Venus flytrap in the end, but at first it unhinges its mouth and then it just looks like there's an anus in its throat. Well, and yeah. the anus slowly uncurls and becomes this huge Venus flytrap face yeah. with little teeth at the end. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, and then Godzilla's response to this is to shove its head all the way up it. He just walks straight forward. He's like, all right, I'm going in. <laughs> it's weirdly sexual. He just he enters, yeah. <laughs> the crab and, monster presents, and Godzilla enters. Yeah, and he basically just like shoves his head in there. The monster starts to try and copy him, 
And then Godzilla just like heats himself up using atomic uh, power, I guess. Radiation. Till he's like glowing plasma. red. Yeah, it's kind of like what happened. The same thing happens in the new American Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Whatever. It's a, that's a stupid movie. Uh, I fell asleep in that movie. Um, <laughs> I know we've talked about it before. <laughs> yeah. Real dumb. But anyways, uh, yeah, just like starts glowing super hot and then the creature just explodes. Just blows it up from the inside. Yeah. And it's that's kind of I like. Godzilla was inside us all along. I get it now. It makes sense. <laughs> oh, because he was... Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> Godzilla just charges headfirst inside your heart. Yeah. And then blows you Oh, off. my God. What a fucking dumb movie. <laughs> I think... I think here's, here's the problem that I find with all the Godzilla sequels. Like, why they're not interesting. Like, the first, the first Godzilla movie is... Was made in 1954. It was like right after the Americans dropped two nuclear bombs on Japan. It was a reaction to how, um, you know, history was kind of changed forever, especially in in Japan. You know, they're dealing with the fallout, no pun intended, of of having two nuclear bombs dropped on them, right? And and that's never been done since in history like no one's ever dropped another nuclear bomb on anyone else because it like you know maybe they went a little too far maybe is kind of the general consensus <laughs> but so you know in in that in that first Godzilla movie Godzilla is a, an allegory for nuclear weapons and the devastation that they caused that country and every Godzilla movie since then has nothing to say. Hmm. You know? It's it's like you you've already made the 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 allegory to to nuclear weapons and the, and the devastation that they cause. Um now it's just it's basically just every Godzilla movie is just like every Power Rangers episode is just big old monster has to fight another big old monster and that's it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it, that is that's a good point. That's some good insight. Yeah, and 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 there's no like I, like what what could this movie possibly be trying to say that like the, storing our information on computers is a bad idea? Like, <laughs> I, make hard copies? No. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe it's that that all all life is sacred. Except aliens. Yeah, fuck them. Fuck aliens. <laughs> um, if there are any aliens listening, I sincerely apologize. I did not mean that. And also, uh, get in touch with the show. You can email us at retrocrappod at gmail.com. I, for one, welcome our new ant overlords. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. mouthful of tea Ugh. yeah so that, i think that's those are all the notes that i made yeah that's all the um, notes i made too uh weren't, weren't that many <laughs> stop making godzilla movies i guess um although actually i did i have heard that um so i, I think yeah the american godzilla movie came out in 2014 and i think there was a japanese movie that either came out the same year or the year after 
called Shin Godzilla, and I've heard that that movie is actually really good. Interesting. And so I haven't seen it. I, I can't comment, but I've heard really good things on it, about it. People saying like, "This is the only good Godzilla movie <laughs> since the first one," kind of. So, cool. well, maybe maybe it's not. Don't stop me, or maybe it is. Hold on. Instead of stop making Godzilla movies, maybe it's just try a little harder <laughs> to yeah. make a good Godzilla movie. Only only make a Godzilla movie if you have something to say other than Godzilla needs to fight another giant crab monster or something. Yep. So, yeah. Those are my thoughts on Godzilla 2000. We did it. We did it. Godzilla 2000. Down the hatch. Our retrospective of the distant future, the year 2000, is almost up. Yeah. I didn't think we'd make it this far, but you know what? Fuck it. We, we, <laughs> we're we almost there. Yeah, this is the con- penultimate episode. Yeah, season four of this show, baby. Ooh. It's almost done. Next year, we're going to go back to doing normal stuff yeah and i mean this one you know it you know came out the year 2000 um but it made me reminiscent of all of the just super old shit yeah that i'm used to watching it has that like 1960s godzilla energy for sure absolutely for sure i mean i don't know honestly i don't know if the godzilla energy has really changed that much over (laughs) (laughs) over the the six decades six and a half decades of godzilla wow 66th again happy birthday godzilla yeah it's fantastic please stay Um, over there on on, in the ocean on that side of the planet yeah yeah please um yeah so that's uh that's godzilla 2000 i think it's gonna be the final godzilla movie we watch for a long 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 time yeah is this the first oh no no i know it's not it's not i was about to say is it the first um franchise we've revisited but obviously power rangers beat godzilla to it Yes, uh, this is the yeah because this is the, actually the third Godzilla movie we've done. We did uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, and we did, which is funny, the only movie oh, yeah. on this podcast we've ever reviewed that is in the Criterion Collection. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. Because for for Criterion One Thousand, they put out like fifteen Godzilla movies in a ridiculously oversized book that's impossible to put on your <laughs> shelf anywhere. But I bought it. Um, sure did. It's amazing. And then we did the Matthew Broderick uh, American Godzilla as well. Right, of course. Yeah. So that's uh, that's it. We're going to be back next month with Reindeer Games. Just oh, yeah. For, just in time for the holidays. The Ben Affleck, Charlize Theron classic. <laughs> directed by notorious asshole director John Frankenheimer. So we are, his, we're in for, uh, for something. His final film. Uh, and then next year we're gonna get back to business, doing some, doing some classic shit, maybe some new shit. Uh, I've started making my list already. I'm, I'm gonna throw it over to you. We'll do this off air, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw over to you my list that I've gotten so far, and I want to hear your, uh, if you got anything you want to watch. For sure. Yeah. Sounds great. So. So yeah. Um. That, well, that pretty much. Oh, we gotta rate the. Yeah, rate I was about to yeah, say yeah. what. Yeah. What, uh, what rating do you want to give Godzilla 2000? 
I don't know if I'm being fully honest. Like, yeah, it's. I mean, I can go because I got mine. Yeah, prepared. maybe you go. I I also I also wasn't quite sure after I'd finished watching the movie, but during the course of of recounting, um, uh, there was just too much about it that made me laugh so hard uh and even just for those closing lines alone uh i'm gonna put this one as craptacular it's craptacular because i think it's hilarious and i would definitely have people over and watch it again when the world is safer yeah those those two closing lines um (laughs) fucking amazing fucking amazing we should mention by the way also this movie is free to stream if you're in canada it's on ctv.ca mm, yeah. fun um, surprise yeah so that was that was neat they've actually got some good shit on there i don't know if you look through any of their other movies but no i haven't yeah there's some there's some tight shit they got like the craft and uh hmm. there are some other ones that i saw on there that i was like oh weird oh yeah there's like a really straight like they have the movie head which is like the monkeys movie the monkeys made a movie? Yeah, well, they were trying to capture, you know, like... Trying to be Beatlemania. Yellow Submarine and stuff? Yeah, they did a movie called Head, which, funnily enough, is also in the Criterion Collection, and I own it. Um, anyways, yeah, I think I agree with you. I'm going to say uh, it's craptacular. Yeah, nice. It, it, if it Got another one. <laughs> if it didn't end with those two lines of, like, Godzilla, why does he keep protecting us? Well, it's because Godzilla's inside all of us. Cut to Godzilla just decimating the city. <laughs> That's too funny. It's that too that funny. put it over the edge. If that it didn't end with that, one big pile of shit for sure. That's fair. That was that's the that's the tipping point. But yeah, you know what? It's hey, that's the secret to good movie making. If you if you send the audience out on a high, they'll they'll be kinder to you. That's true. Very you know? true. Yep. That and the nice try asshole moment where <laughs> Yeah, let's try asshole. Golden. Golden. That was fun. So yeah. <sighs> so yeah, we'll be back next month with Reindeer Games. I think we're watching the director's cut because it's the only version I can find. Mm-hmm. Um so it probably means unfortunately it's longer. So sorry in advance. Uh yeah, well, so longer, if you want longer for us, not for the listener. So no, I was apologizing to you. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I mean, yeah, if you want to watch along uh, with us, listener, there you go. It's the director's cut. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for the show, I guess. Uh, we are available on all... Okay, I'm going to do the thing. I'm going to do, do it good. All right. We are good. available on all your favorite podcast listening apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify... We're also on YouTube. Uh, go check us out there. Uh, a lot of people have been finding the show on YouTube, actually, it sounds like. So that's that's great. Uh, you can find us on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at RetroCrapPod. If you want to email into the show, we are RetroCrapPod at gmail.com. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that pretty much does it for us this week. Did I, did I get everything? Oh, we got a Patreon. Uh, yeah. yeah. You have a Patreon. There's commentaries some bonus episodes and uh yeah and yeah i think that's all we've got out there bonus episodes and commentaries <laughs> yep um and yeah we are we are going to be doing hopefully a 
uh, a commentary for the rise of Skywalker at some point. I don't know if we're going to get to that before the holidays or not, but uh, hopefully in the new year we can get that up there. So if you want that, I think it'll cost you $3 to join. There you go. So there you go. Um, that does it for us. Matt, did you have anything you wanted to, uh, to add? I'm good. Okay. Uh, well, in that case, thank you everyone for listening to the show. delay the show ending. All right. Well, this doesn't count towards my total time. (laughs) This, this is, I'm getting bonus points. Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking up the curve. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck up my curve. All right, um, yeah, until next time, thanks for listening, and keep watching crap.